I, I believe I've probably preached every verse within that chapter. Um, and, but I, I preached this, this text here, but the Lord has shown me something brand new. And I just feel I've got I've to deliver it to you today. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. All right, you three that are excited, I'm going to get you a cookie when it's over. Father, I just love you. Father, I love your word. I love the rest because you are our rest. I love your healing because you are our healing. I love your hope because you are our hope. I love you, Lord God, and the privilege to be a part of your bride in these last days. Lord, there will be those that go free today. Lord, let them all go free. Let every person in this place go free. Lord, it has been your vision for the entirety of the world to come to know who they are in you. Oh, Lord, let's do it today. Let's do it this hour. Let's, Father, let's, let's just do it now. Thank you, Lord. Would you look here in 1 Kings, the 18th chapter? We, we understand the backdrop. Been famine in the land for three and a half years. It seems desperate and dire. See, the, there was judgment placed upon foreign nations and ultimately upon Israel each time that they turned away from the image of God. You have idolatrous worship that takes place, and the Lord would judge those nations because for what reason? They were taking the covenant people away from who they were meant to be. The enemy will always tempt you with that. It's from the temptation from the beginning. God's withholding. You don't have everything you need. And so in the end result, they partook of, a, uh, of the forbidden fruit, and sin came upon all the earth and all of the humanity. But thanks be to God that when the last Adam came, he brought us back into alignment with the Father. And so we see in the Word of God that there is a message of the completeness of Christ. And now we have Elijah, who is representing the Spirit. We know that according to Malachi 4.6 and also Luke 1.17, the closing chapter of the Old Covenant. In Malachi 4.6, it says, He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the, the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Talking about Elijah. In Luke 1.17, He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So we see that when Jesus said, If you can accept it, John came in the spirit of Elijah. Not Elijah himself, but the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to look back and see, okay, what was the ministry of Elijah? What was the ministry of Elijah? Elijah's here, and he's turning the hearts back. He's, he's bringing Israel back. He's bringing the covenant people back in alignment with the covenant with God. So Elijah steps on the scene. He issues a death challenge. He said, all you voices out there, uh, your, your volume is high. You've got 400 prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of, of Asheroth. You're, you're, you're there. You guys go ahead and make your first sacrifice. You call upon your God. If he answers by fire, we'll serve him. But if he doesn't, this will be your last day. This will be your last day. 
If your false image will not answer the need of humanity, this is your last day. My God in heaven, I pray that somebody will come to that revelation and you will stop listening to what you are not and start listening to who God has made you to be. So Elijah comes, and I'm going to take up the reading in verse 30. I want to read down to verse 40. It says, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. Can you feel the sense of the Holy Spirit drawing us to himself? So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Your name shall be one who overcomes, who prevails with God and man. That's what Israel means. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two measures of seed. He put the wood in order. He cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood, and said, Fill four, four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. They did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. They did, it, they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. He also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass, verse 36, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came to you and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O oh Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. You see the purpose of the exercise? Can you see the purpose of the exercise, church? Can you, can you see that, that there was an arrangement there because God is after the heart of humanity? Can, can you see that the, the Lord was up to something that day, that so much so that he, he, he waved it line upon line, precept upon precept, because he's pointing to another day. He's pointing to another, uh, um, someone else who will come in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, to do what? To bring the hearts of humanity back into himself, to, to put us in right alignment, to begin to transform our stinking thinking into the right understanding of who we are, called in the image of God. Can, can we not see in the Word that there's something taking place? Then, then, where's the fire gone? Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stone, the dust. It licked up the water that was in the trench. And now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets. Go get the prophets of Baal, the false imagers and the ones that are declaring, the, trying to tell your children who they are contrary to the word of God that go get them go get them I'm not talking about people folks I'm talking about spirits go get them do not let one of them escape we're not gonna allow one of them to remain in the camp we're gonna get rid of all of the all of the lying spirits in the camp of the covenant people of God go get all of them so they seized them and brought them down and they executed them there amen now before we get into the heart of the revelation I'm gonna share with you we've got to understand as we continue to build the portrait of what God is trying to show us, the unveiling of the repairing of the, of the altar. Notice there, it's at the time of the evening sacrifice. At the time of the evening sacrifice, the Word of God is intentional, purposeful. 
we look at what is in the text, we look at what came before the text, and we look at is what is ahead of the text. But what we see in the text is that the Lord specifically wrote in the time of the evening sacrifice. Now you will find that Israel, in their time of covenant, they would sacrifice a lamb in the morning at 9 a.m. and they would sacrifice a lamb in the evening, which was 3 p.m. They did this every day. A lamb in the morning, a lamb in the evening, a lamb in the morning, a lamb in the evening, a lamb in the morning, a lamb in the evening. For 1,500 years, they had this sacrifice. Why? Because God did not want you and I to miss it. So that whenever he referred to the evening sacrifice, we went not just to the lamb of old, we went to the lamb of new. We were as we were blessed like a, a, why was Elijah or, or John the Baptist? Why was he blessed above all the other prophets? Because all the other, or the priest, it's because all the other priests only had a, 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 a type of the lamb. It was John who stood and said, Behold. Why is John the greatest? Because he saw the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. Everything we've been looking for, folks, he's right here. All that God wants to do. What is the altar? It's the message of the cross. Yes, we see the altar as, as, as prayer, but what we see the altar is as the completed work of Christ. He repaired the altar. The Holy Spirit is repairing the message of of the altar, the preparing the message of the cross. It is saying that not everything goes. <laughs> that 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 God has reconciled to us. That is a that is a futile religion that you're walking in. That is not what God has intended. He's not looking to reconcile himself to us. He's not looking to come down and change the nature of sin. He has come to transform the sinner into a saint. He come down so that we may live and move and have our being in him. Oh my God, I've got something rising up on the inside of me. It is just a, a tenacious belief that God means what he says and that he wants to raise people up. That we stop listening to what we have been told according to the world according to what our past has told us according to what that that vicious stepfather told you when you were a child to come against every voice that rises up against the very knowledge of God oh my God Lord I, I just believe you're gonna do it today I just believe father you're gonna wake us up today that you're not gonna wait till another day you're gonna do it today that Lord God it is finished it's finished it's finished See, the completed work of God is there's nothing else need be done for me to walk in victory. The completed work of God tells me that I don't have to work for acceptance. I am accepted in Christ Jesus. That I don't work for righteousness because I could not produce the righteousness that would warrant or merit acceptance to God. What I do is receive righteousness and I continue in righteousness because he is righteous and he is in me and I am in him. That I am divinely accepted by God. I'm not working to be accepted anymore. I'm already accepted. I'm not working to finish the work. The work is already finished. What is the Holy Spirit's ministry? 
It's to bring the illumination. When fire comes, what does it do? It causes an illumination in the darkness. What are you called to be? You're called to be fire starters and fire walkers. You're called to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and walk in the fire of God. You are called not to live in the smoke, but to be a continual flame outside so that the darkened world and the darkened understanding may come to understand who we are in Christ. Jesus said before he breathed his last, it is finished. To tell us die. What does the Holy Spirit come to do? All that you cannot find in your false image worship in the voices of the world that tells you that you can have all that you need and, and, and you just you can do it your way and it'll be okay. You can live in uncovenanted relationships and be blessed. You can live in all manner of, 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 of things that, that you can't overcome, overcome, so you might as well accept it. And you can walk in agreement with that, with that false image or you can come to the altar and say, God, I'm just going to believe this. I'm going to believe that who you say I am, I am. And who you made me to be I will be and what I cannot do in myself I will do in you and the strength I cannot find to get up I will find strength when you cause me to get up and I will live and move and I will raise up a generation that will follow after you because I can't do this mm. see this news is so much better than what we portray because God doesn't come to say okay partner with me in my false identity he says, no, let me bring you to the mirror of who you really are. Because Jesus is not the example for us. He's the example of us. And we are born again. We don't work to righteousness. We either completely, entirely, and wholly righteous in Christ, or we're not righteous at all. Because no measure of works can get you to that place. Jesus said to tell us die to tell us die quickly I'm gonna move through these so I can get to where I want to go to tell us die was a word that whenever the high priest would go into the into the on the day of atonement and offer the sacrifice when he would come out he would give the equivalent Hebrew word it is finished to tell us die to say that the Lord had accepted the sacrifice. He would come out and he would declare the sacrifice to Telestai, it is finished in Hebrew. He would say, it is finished in Hebrew, saying that the sacrifice was accepted. We know that the sacrifice was accepted because the fire came down and consumed. Oh, you're serving a meal that I want to eat. In fact, there's a drink that I want to drink. I think I'll step down and I will, I will show you how much I've accepted it. I will take the sacrifice, the water, I will take the stones and the wood and everything else is going to be devoured that day but that inferno of God's love saying yes that's what I endorse that is what I endorse I endorse the message of Christ when you would send a messenger out a servant out to accomplish an assignment or a mission he would come back to the master and say, did you do everything I told you to do? Did you accomplish the task? Is the mission complete? And his response to that would be to tell us die. It's finished. How do we know that Jesus' sacrifice was accepted? Because when he ascended to heaven, he sent back his spirit upon us. And Pentecost 
50 days after the resurrection of Christ, uh, after his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, 50 days from the feast of Passover to the feast of Pentecost, uh, he was ascended up into heaven, uh, or, or 40 days in. Uh, 10 days after that was the feast of, uh, of Pentecost, and we know he made it because he poured the Spirit out on the church. He said, it's finished. Whenever you would transact action, or transact action, Would you go pay your property off? <laughs> Transact business. Transaction, yeah. It's my brain. Transact transaction. Transactingly. Anybody ever sold a house? Paid off a car? You go in there. Once you get it paid off, they come and they bring you the document, the title. They usually take this red stamp because they don't want you to miss it. Stamp it on there, and they'll stamp it on the, the completed transaction. And that little red stamp will say, paid in full. Religion wants to hand you an invoice after you come to God. But when Jesus declared to Telestai, he said, you are paid in full. He doesn't give us an invoice. He issues to our heart a receipt. Your sin debt has been paid in full. That was all intro. It was one last, there, there was one last use of this word, tetelestai. That word, tetelestai, in classic Greek times, it depicted a turning point. When one period ended and another period begun. There was a transition from from one state to another, from, a, from an old to a new, from a death to life, from a, from a dark to light. The Word of God puts things in such perspective. But looking at this text, I've looked at, Lord, why would you put water on the sacrifice? And I had preached it because you know, the Lord wanted to make sure that they understood where the fire came from. It was nothing that was underhanded. That all may be very well true, but that wasn't the reason. Not being a scientist, but understanding the fact that if you want to go start a fire, I'm not going to use water to start it. It's not a good fire starter. Wet wood don't burn. Not easily. Not with natural fire. So Lord, why did you why did you pour water? Four measures of water. Once, twice, three times. Somebody back there, you get two cookies. He was baptizing. He was baptizing. Let's think about it. 
when we put people in the bab baptismal tank, it is a portrait, once again, of an old coming to new, an old coming to new, darkness to light, death to life. Baptismal tanks, and you step in transitioning through water. Teach it. I gotta teach the teacher. We may be in trouble. See, the old world was corrupt, filled with sin. But see, when the flood waters covered the face of the earth and rescinded, the flood waters, the world was different than what it was before. That's to let you and I know when we come into Christ that we need to be different than what we were before. There was a nature, a sin nature, that wasn't reconciled in Noah, but it was a type that takes place. There was a sin nature that ran rampant throughout the land and it was destroying people. People were rising up and they were killing one another because of sin. There's a sin nature that we are buried in the death of Christ but we are raised again a new nature. We don't have the old nature anymore. We have a new nature. Now that was only a portrait to let us know that there is a transition out of the old nature into the new. So they were not living as sinners saved by grace anymore. Dealing with a sin nature. You're quiet, so I hope you're thinking and not sleeping. See, this ideology that sin continues to come forth out of us keeps us in a constant state of bondage. How do you reconcile the fact that some people don't live where they need to be living? See, sin is no longer coming from your nature. Sin is just knocking at your door, trying to get in. If you get a hold of this, it'll change you. Cain, sin, as the Bible says, is there knocking at your door. crouching at your door but also translation means knocking at your door see that tells us in the new covenant as we're walking with God and I know you're chewing on this right now but my God if we would understand that when Jesus Christ is a representative of us not for us we understand that he did not walk upon the face of the earth he wasn't born into a world with a sin nature he was tempted sin was knocking at his door he just never opened the door to it how could he be the sinless sacrifice if he had ever sinned and if he was born into a world where he's got a sin nature how in the world can he make the perfect sacrifice because we get it all twisted in our mind thinking that we're always and forever going to be struggling with this nature of sin when ultimately sin is just trying to knock at our door to get in child of God does that help anybody see they were baptized they came out of the old into the new. They didn't bring the creatures of old into the new. They didn't bring the, 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 the ones that were rebelling there against God. They did not come through the, the, the flood. They resurrected on the other side. Now they were to go and to replenish again the, the earth. But what we see in the, in the Word of God, how that so many times that we walk around with this idea 
that as long if I will just whip myself hard enough, if I will just train myself efficiently enough, I can change through behavior my nature. It's not going to happen. It can't happen. Why? Because there's 613 laws proving that you cannot fulfill the righteousness of the law. Any legalist in the house, you are selective at best. You cannot fulfill all that is required of the law. In fact, the means and the method to fulfill all of those are not even existent anymore. You can't sacrifice. You can't do that. You will get a lamb and start sacrificing in your front yard, you're going to get the cops called on you. being a little facetious but what I want to say to you today is that there's only one that walked upon the face of the earth and he did so sinless and when he came and he walked upon the face of the earth he transitioned us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life he transformed us out of the kingdom of death into the kingdom of life and now our righteousness is never and ever will ever be separated from him our righteousness is in God and if I try to produce righteousness on my own I will always and forever fall woefully short my righteousness is in my relationship with God. How can you walk with God unless you agree? See, because what I'm telling you right now, it'll take your expectations of, of who you can and will be, and it'll take it from here, and it'll exalt it above the ceiling. Because you can't walk with God and still continue in sin. Why? Because his nature will not allow it. And his nature is living on the inside. And you find yourself in places of failure and shortcoming. It's not because God is angry with you. It's because you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are in Christ. And I promise you, you get a hold of this. You've been pierced with righteousness. You'll forsake sin. Because you're in relation, you know you don't have righteousness without him. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. See, that righteousness is a gift, and that gift cannot be obtained, retained, and maintained without a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if I want to be righteousness, righteous of righteousness of God, I've always got to stay in Christ Jesus, in relationship with him. My God, that brings a whole level of, uh, of expectation uh, off of me and puts it all back on him. Amen. How do I overcome in the areas of sin? I trust God, and God enables me through the faith that he imparts to me. Why would I want to go back to the pig pen when I'm eating in the Father's house? I'm a son. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a blood-bought son of the king. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I am royalty. Queen Elizabeth, in all estimation, was a, was a great woman who led for seven decades, nearly. And her son, Charles, is now king of England. Did he do one thing to deserve that? He's just his son. He was born in that line of the royalty of England does he deserve it that's not even a question will he be as good as his mother time will tell but why did he receive he was born in the line of the royalty of England child of God when you come in it's not because you 
deserve it it's because you understand that you were born inheriting the kingdom of God because the king is on the throne amen as you look at the word of the Lord you see there's another transition where Israel had now the nation of Israel lived in bondage for 400 plus years and now there's going to be a, a resurrection to the other side. There's going to be a baptism, if you will, in water. There's going to be a, an immersion from the state they were in into the state uh, that they were meant to be. I, I, Elijah, the Spirit, said, I want you all to understand uh, the completed work. And maybe Elijah, the man, didn't understand it, but I guarantee you the Holy Spirit understood it. Uh, I want you to baptize, and I want you to baptize it again. And when you baptize it again, uh, let's go back to the Red Sea and let's see what happens. Uh, they are going to emerge on the other side. They're going to go into the sea, but when they get on the other side of the sea, what was following them is not going to make it through whatever weapons that were formed against them are not going to get to the other side the, the enemy that chased them down that was threatened by them that because they've been released by the blood of the lamb they're going to get on the other side and on the other side there's what we're going to find there's going to be some rejoicing oh and Pharaoh just had to stand there and scratch his bald noggin he probably was Pulled all his hair out when he saw Israel leaving. <laughs> See, when we are baptized, we leave the old nature and step into the new. When we are baptized in Christ Jesus in the genuine sense of what I'm speaking about, we come out of the tight-fisted tyranny of a vicious tyrant, Satan. And we come victorious on the other side. Israel, all they had to do is pass through. Had to make sure everybody was marching together and everybody got through the other side. That was their only job that day, get to the other side. If you, you got one job, when I baptize you in water, you got one job, come up. Come up, get up. If I drop you, we're going to work as hard as we can, we're going to get you up. I've teased many a child and told them, we're just going to hold you down to the bubble stop. And I had to follow it up real quickly with, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But I, 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 we put you under so we can bring you up. See, you, you just got one job, get to the other side. And when you get to the other side of your understanding, what you begin to understand is when you resurrect on the other side, the weapons that were formed against you, they're not going to prosper anymore because they drowned in that, in that, in that death tank. And when you, when you went down, you came up somebody else. You go in one way, you come out another way. You go in dark, you come out light. You go in dead, you come out alive. My God, that's good. So stop crediting the devil for your faults. The devil made me do it. Then let me ask you, what side of the Red Sea are you living on? Are you still in his kingdom? Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You have far more victory than what you have ever been told. You have far more authority than you've ever been exposed to. But folks, I have this 
yearning fire burning on the inside of me for a declaration to the body of Christ. This is the day of the church. This is the hour of the resurrection. This is the time in which God has purposely and intentionally chosen to privilege us to be living. I know it is a time that Paul said it would be a difficult time. It's an irksome time. It's a time of perilous times. But I say to you, God is still on the throne and he's raising up a generation that understands sonship and they're going to walk in this. So you got them coming through. When they got to the other side, what was their job? Get the tambourine, Miriam. You've heard of the running man? That's the limping man right there. What's your job? My job's to worship. My job's to worship the completed work of Christ. A lot of people. Wait, didn't the devil have a hold of it? Yeah, but he don't no more. See, we're trying to fight the devil in a battle where the war's already been won. We're trying to fight anxiety and fear and fret and worry when all we got to do is step into Christ. Worry is a colossal waste of time. Fear is not your inheritance. So the transition out of the nature of sin into a new nature, into a new world. A transition baptized them that sacrifice a second time so that my people may understand what has been done for them. Baptized them in out of Satan's tyranny to now you are been set free by what? The blood of the Lamb. For one other time, Israel passed through the waters. Should have been an 11-day journey, ended up being, or it was an 11-day journey. I don't know how long God had intended for them to be out there. They had to receive the law. They had to understand how to walk. But they came to the River Jordan at the time of harvest. The River Jordan overflowed all that time. Now they were to pass through the Jordan, out of the wilderness, into the place of promise. They were to pass through. See, they were... There was no enemies chasing them in the wilderness. I know the Amalekites came up and God said, I'm going I'm to take care of them. I'm going to raise up a king and he's going to go after you with everything that's in him and he's going to wipe you off because you attack my children at the place of rest. When the enemy, where does he like to attack? He likes to attack at the place of rest. Where do we rest? We're seated at the right hand of the Father. The enemy is always after your rest. He's always attacking the sacrifice. He's always trying to tell you that you're not who God made you to be, that what that preacher is preaching is for somebody else. It's not for you. I'm saying to you, there is no dilution with the blood of Jesus Christ. The same blood that was shed 2,000 years ago is the same blood today. It is eternal and it is powerful. And it will transform you out of darkness into light. And but we see here that they 
Now we see the Ark of the Covenant touches the Jordan at the appointed time with the removal through circumcision, the removal of the flesh. For them to understand when you walk in promises, you're not walking as a flesh, not walking at the mindset of the flesh, you're coming through the other side. See, the Lord has given us power over the sin nature. He's given us power over Satan. But in the wilderness, they had no enemies chasing them. They had to learn to conquer self. See, if the Lord didn't give us this final baptism in type, if we don't know that we have authority over our mind, that we can allow whatever thoughts to come in, child of God, you can allow whatever thoughts you want to entertain. You can flood your mind with all the things of the world and the, the news and the many things that are not bad, but just, just keep flooding in, flooding in, flooding in. You can open the door and allow those things into your heart. Or you can go to the Word of God. And I'm not telling you to hold up somewhere and get Bibles and beans and get, get over into a, a, or get to bread and beans and, 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 and bullets and beans, my God. So, <laughs> something there that starts with a B and ends with a B. No. If you choose to do that, it's entirely up to you. And if it all falls to pieces, I'm coming to your house, okay? <laughs> no, I don't want to eat your bullets. I want your beans. Somehow that just didn't play out. I don't know. Or dying in one place to resurrect in another. There was, a, there was a passing through. And all of this transpired for you and I when we accept the completed to tell us die, finished work of Christ. We now understand that we are not driven by a fallen nature. We now understand that we are not under the tyranny of the devil. And that we understand now that we have authority over ourself, that we receive information by the Spirit. We inform that to the soul, and we inflict that upon our will, and we say, yes, I will follow after God because I have the authority through the shed blood of the Lamb. And no one else is making me behave the way I am behaving. The only thing that's causing me to behave, what I am exhibiting, is because I either believe in faith and trust in God, or I do not and I'm trying to do it by myself but see you can't make this journey by yourself you have to have the empowering of the Holy Spirit and relationship with Jesus Christ baptize once baptize twice baptize three times John said, I've come in the spirit of Elijah, whether he knew it or not. Jesus knew it. He is coming in this power of the spirit. But what John heard from heaven was this. I'm going to baptize you with water. But there's one coming after me. Who is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. So that you may be a living sacrifice, illuminating the completed sacrifice of Jesus Christ. See, because if you diminish the messenger, you diminish the message. My God, if you didn't hear anything else, you better listen to that. 
You keep tearing yourself down and telling you like, you're not worthy, you're marginalized, you're separated, you're set aside, you have too many failures on your side of the equation, you are, you're just not pretty enough, you're just too pretty, you're, 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 just, you're just ugly enough, uh, not ugly enough, I don't know, you just got all these parameters, well, I've got this childhood thing, I've got this adult thing, I've got this failure on my side, I've got this fallen, I've got this bad record, you got all of those things you're declaring what the enemy wants you to declare. But when you step into Christ, you're saying, now I understand that my message is your message and your message is my message. And when my message, my story becomes his story, now he gets the glory. Let's stop tearing ourselves up. Repent. Turn to God. See, you can keep on sourcing this thing yourself. You can keep sourcing your righteousness yourself. You can keep sourcing your behavior and saying, well, I'm better than one and not as good as another. But you know, at the cross, everyone is leveled. And there's only one who hung on the cross that can declare the righteousness. But see, what Jesus is wanting us to understand is I've come to rescue you. So that now you may be the light and the witness of my glory because my spirit has baptized you. My spirit has illuminated the completed work of Christ to tell us stuff. Jesus did everything the Father intended him to do. The high priest declares to you, the work's finished, God accepted. To Telestai, your debts have been paid in full. To Telestai. There should be a new season that you step into of salvation. Behold, all things have become new. I have a new way of thinking. I have a new way of behaving. I have a new way of responding. Have I arrived? No, not in my understanding. Just in what portion of understanding I have. Everything I need is in Christ. Everything. And the truth is, I do not want anything without him. If I can't have him, I don't want the rest. If I can't have Jesus, then I don't want the rest. I want him with me, in me, through me, all times. That's faith and righteousness and healing and open eyes. Father, Father, somebody in this place has never experienced a new day or their new day was turned into a bunch of religious work I haven't stepped out of death into life darkness into light God today God today is a new day 
Today is a new day. For Holy Spirit, you will honor the completed work of Christ. And you will pour an illuminating fire, a refining fire upon the hearts and the church that will preach the completed work of Jesus. Standing all across this room, worship team making their way up. Folks, I've just feel but don't start playing yet. I feel an urgency in the hour we're living. Folks, playtime is over. I'm not diminishing some of you you're fighting the battles of your life, and I'm I'm not saying that I'm talking about the church at, at large. need to wad up and kick entertainment out the door of the church and get about the real business of the body of Christ which is the Father's heart I feel a desperation in my spirit today someone in this house right now received this message but you're still listening the voices of your past and where you're at and where you've been. You're excluding yourself and saying, it's not for me. And I feel an urgency that this is for you. And it's now. It's right now. Father, I've done all I know to do. Holy Spirit, pour your fire on this altar today. Move. Holy Spirit, move. Come on, church, lift your hands to the Lord. Just begin to just begin to believe him today. Just Holy Spirit, move, I pray. Lord, someone has bought a bill of goods. They stepped in and said a prayer, but there was no change in their heart and life. And there was no new day. There was no transition. There was no revelation of what had been done, Lord God. And I'm I'm not faulting the messenger or the receiver, Lord. I'm just saying sometimes things are just the way they are. But, Lord God, today you are... You are penetrating the heart with your light. You're, you're moving in. And, Lord, you're compelling those to step out. And, and, Father, I just pray today that, Lord, if they receive the message, that they would respond to you, not to me, not to a, an, an altar call, but to you, Lord God. If you're in this house today and you would like prayer, if you say, yes, Mike, this message was for me. I have not experienced it. Religion is, religion is no joy. But let me tell you, God didn't call you into religion. He called you into relationship. 
religion will never be joyful because religion will always tell you work harder, work harder, work harder, work harder. But relationship says, yes, I'm with you. Yes, I will walk with you. Yes, I will talk with you. Yes, I'm your love. I'm your light. I'm, your, I'm, I'm everything you need to be. Let me help you with your understanding. Today, if you are here today, right now, two altar calls I'm going to give to you. You're in this house right now, and you haven't experienced what I'm talking about. And you're ready for a new day. Just say, God, I'm going to surrender. I, I'm, I'm laying it down today. I want this new day experience he's talking about. I want to transition out of the completed, out of, out of all my failures. Because church, hear me. Seeker, hear me. You are not the sum total of your failures. You are the sum total of his successes. You say, I want to transition out of that dark to light. That's me. If you're a child of God and you have lost the zeal and the thrill to worship God because you're still working towards acceptance, then I want you to come and find a place to kneel. We're going to pray with you and we're going to believe. But if you're here today and you say this, let's do a left and a right, if you will. If you're here today and you're saying, I want this relationship you're talking about. I'm leaving the old to come into the new. I want you to right here on my left, you're right. If you're a child of God and say, I've lost the joy and the thrill and the zeal for serving God, and I want that renewed in me, I want you to go to my right. Come on, right now. Don't, don't wait on anybody else. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, right now. These altars are open. God's going to move. God's going to move. God's going to move in your heart, in your life. Come on. I'm not leaving like I came. I've come to I've come to experience God. Come on, there's more. There's more. Oh my God. Come on. Come on. Is my microphone loud enough? Come on. Come on. These altars are open. It's like I'm not leaving here like I came. I'm not leaving here like I came. Come on. Come on. God is here right now. God is here right now. Oh, merciful God. Father, li folks, lift your hands to the Lord. Just begin to pray. Just begin to call out upon God. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lamb of God. Holy is the King of Kings. Andrew, come help me. Rebo si kiremo korem, mamamamana nidiarabo. 